This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with you. I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. That is the White House Communications Director, Jen Psaki. And Jen Psaki has a nasty habit of not answering questions. And, of course, she doesn't get beat up for it at all. And that's, um, I mean, not a big surprise. I've actually got a montage we'll play a little bit later on today on how much easier Jen Psaki had it than Sean Spicer coming in. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's uh, A lot of people have forgotten about Sean Spicer in his time in the White House. They, they now know him as an expert Twitter troll, but... Uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. So she's been routinely mocked for not answering questions and and again just you know doing one of those things where they they oh we'll circle back to you. They never they never do. You know it's just a way of deflecting. They won't talk about the situation with Reddit. They won't talk about any of that. This is not even saying anything. So uh, we're gonna have an expert from Breitbart News on at four o'clock today before we do open lines to talk about exactly what is that. He's gonna explain it in uh, simple terms for everybody, so you kind of figure out what's going on. Um, so you know, again, then you have what what's happening with this this Robin Hood thing. Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodged a question on whether or not the newly sworn in Treasury Secretary would recuse herself from Robin Hood. Now, she did, but Janet Yellen, okay, Janet Yellen was given $810,000 in speaking fees during 2019-2020 from Citadel and other hedge funds. Now, Citadel is a hedge fund owned by Ken Griffin, who is a major GOP donor. Now, Citadel was one of several firms that collectively paid Robin Hood almost a hundred million dollars in the first quarter of 2020 now again we're gonna go into more detail about this in the four o'clock hour and we have uh, our expert from breitbart on but you know when we are talking about it you know robin hood one of the reasons that robin hood became so popular and for those of you who don't know robin hood is just a it's a mobile app that you can invest with you can buy stocks with as an individual there's no fee there's no fee to trade stocks and, and that's what was so appealing about it is that, you know, anybody could get in there. Oh, hey, I could buy a stock and I don't have to worry about paying a fee. All right, cool. So there, you always have to think about what's the catch? How do they make their money? Well, Robinhood, like Facebook and like Twitter and like YouTube and Google, they make their money on information. So what they do is they actually sell your information to hedge funds. And they do so before your trade goes through. So hedge funds can look at the, the data of what individual investors are doing. And then hedge funds can go ahead and do it first. It's a real sneaky way of doing it. And that's how Robinhood makes their money. So when Robinhood shut everything down and stopped allowing trading on GameStop and other stocks, they were doing it to protect hedge funds who pay them an awful lot of money. And he said, you know, Citadel is one of several firms. Again, collectively, they paid Robinhood $100 million in the first quarter of 2020. Not 2021, 2020, first quarter. So, you know, again, things get get really nasty when you start looking at this, and and it doesn't look like. And some people are really worried about a a, a pump and dump, and 
and this type of a scam, which would be illegal. It doesn't look like that. And and I will have the expert again from Breitbart kind of coming on, and, and we've got their financial editor uh, used to work on Wall Street. He'll be able to explain all of this to everybody, and then, and then you know, you don't have to worry about radio host who doesn't know how to invest in, in the stock market all that well um, doing this. But, you know, again, just kind of comes back to that montage we're just playing with the press secretary, um, you know, Jen, Jen Psaki, who's just sitting there not answering questions. And it's just a routine thing. He's starting to get mocked for it on social media as a result but here's the thing when she is asked a question she refuses to answer that question like you know the white house press corps is like okay whatever jen yay we love you and it just completely vanishes from the lexicon of conversation nobody talks about it at all it's um she's been fact-checked several times i mean she's done several things that are just completely inaccurate and, you know, she wouldn't answer the question about Biden violating his own mask order and all of that stuff. So, I mean, she, she's, well, frankly, she looks like a, a Democrat White House press secretary. That's what she looks like. Uh, it's just generally what they do. It goes, you know, echoes Jay Carney. And Jay Carney would likely not answer tons of questions. Anything that was uncomfortable, he'd just move on from. And whether you like it or not, whether you liked them or not, ladies and gentlemen, you've just had four years of the best press secretaries you have ever had who will answer any darn question that was given to them. And uh, and what they also did is they forced the media to answer questions, too, for their conduct. And that was something that was always extremely uncomfortable for the press. They didn't like having to answer their own questions. So they just ignored them. But they put it on display for all Americans to see, and that was something that you should appreciate. All right, here we go. Go to theburningtruth.us. Democratic lawmakers have introduced a bill that would send all registered voters ballots before Election Day. What could possibly go wrong? I told you this was going to be the norm now. They're going to try and make this the norm. They've seen, they've seen the system. They've seen how to game the system. And they want to continue to game that system. Oregon Democrats Ron Wyden and Representative Earl Blumenauer have introduced legislation to allow all registered U.S. voters the choice to cast their ballot via mail. I would like to remind everybody, we're basically the only Western democracy that allows this. And the reason that the other countries don't allow it is because it is a massively vulnerable process. And it has been studied to the hilt as being vulnerable. It is clearly the least secure way that we cast our ballots. Uh, we've talked about harvesting and how that works in the United States. And, and that, for the record, is almost impossible to catch unless you catch people on camera. It's almost impossible. And that also, you're dealing with an issue where you might have massive fraud, but you can't identify it because you're dealing with a registered voter and a legal ballot. Now, the ballot was filled out in an illegal way. But how do you prove that? This is a major issue in the United States. Under the Vote at Home Act, all registered voters would get ballots through the mail prior to Election Day. The legislation would supply funding for the U.S. Postal Service for the expenses related to mailing ballots both to and from voters in federal elections. Yeah, sure, it's not a backdoor uh, funding mechanism for the post office at all, ladies and gentlemen. The legislation would also mandate automatic voter registration of every U.S. citizen who supplies identifying information to a state's motor vehicle authority although people would be providing 21 days to opt out if they did not want to stay registered. Boom. Two big issues with voter fraud right there. One of the issues that we have, so, you know, on the surface, right? So on the surface, they're like, well, if you're a registered voter and, and you know, all right, you vote from home. Yeah, except they register everybody to vote. 
See the game? See how that works? We've talked to you an awful lot about automatic voter registration in the past. It's not something that should happen. Okay? Not something that should ever, ever happen. Everybody gets automatically registered. Everybody's asked if they want to register when they go to the DMV anyway. So if they want to register, all they have to do is go, yeah. Now, you don't even ask the question. You just automatically register them. So you've taken something that's extremely easy and simple for anybody to do if they really wanted to. And you have now created a giant gaping hole in election integrity. So you go ahead and you register everybody at the DMV, right? Everybody who gives any information to DMV automatically register to vote, okay? Then you send everybody a ballot. Even if they had no idea that they were registered to vote, no clue whatsoever. And next thing you know, ballots are going out. People may not care about those ballots. Those ballots get picked up by third parties, filled out, sent back, just like we've had major issues with over the uh, the past several election cycles, not just this one, although it was really amplified with this last election. This is one of the ways a fraud was committed. And we saw this happen numerous times in the state of Nevada. Nevada was one of the easier ones to catch because Nevada, what they did is they throttled down their signature verification software to 40%. So if your signature matched up to 40%, it was approved. So your signature could not match 60%, and still be approved, which is a horrendously secure, uh, horrendous security vulnerability. And Victor Jakes, who is a friend of mine, I've known Victor for many, many years. He wrote a column in the, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. That is the largest newspaper in the state of Nevada. And he highlighted how this system was, he was able to exploit this system in order to fill out multiple ballots. Now he did so, um, he filled those ballots out, and then he had the actual owners of the ballots actually cast the ballot and sign the physical ballot itself, not the envelope, so that way there was no actual fraud. But he highlighted how this system is easily exploited by anybody who wanted to because the system had been t- throttled down so much. So again, this is all designed to register everybody and then send everybody a ballot, and then a bunch of people don't care about the ballot, don't bother. They don't bother with it. And just like that, you've got massive, massive harvesting fraud issues in the United States uh, on a perpetual and regular basis. This is a terrible piece of legislation. It's two horrible ideas, but this is something that's been pushed, again, by the party who is absolutely, completely, and totally disinterested in making sure that the election system in the United States of America is secure and fair. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Got to tell you about allnaturalcbd.org. Again, don't forget to use my promo code, KC10. Save yourself 10%. So if you got a minor aches and pain, I told you yesterday, my shoulder's been bothering me. I, I, had, to, I had to transport. I think what I ended up doing is just I tweaked my shoulder because I was moving my 3D printer. And so I took my printer um, out to Ligonier, got some upgrades done to it, and I brought it back, and it's heavy, like taking it up and down the stairs. And my old shoulder injury, I had torn a uh, a rotator cuff, was starting to bother me. Rubbed some of that CBD lotion on after the show yesterday and went to the garage and went to work on, on making knife sheaths. So it worked great, worked fantastic, as it always does. I keep telling you over and over again, this is just a product that works. It is affordable. It is a lot more affordable than the competition. You get more CBD, high quality CBD, high, higher quality CBD, and you pay a fraction of the price of the competition. Plus, it's an actual lotion. Competition isn't. 
So this is an actual lotion that when you rub on your skin, soothes, moisturizes your skin, and is completely absorbed. You can't tell that it's there, especially if you have the unscented on. And if you have the lavender, you smell like natural lavender. It's, it's a nice, pleasant smell. So if you go to allnaturalcbd.org, pick some of this amazing CBD lotion up. Use my promo code KC10 to save 10%. They even have free shipping on orders over $25, and they have a three-pack for you to get, which you can get uh, extra savings on that three-pack of CBD lotion as well. Allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, this is also on the burningtruth.us. If you go take a look at it, which is my website, growing evidence of capital assault was planned, weakens incitement case against Trump, according to experts. Yeah, you think? Now, again, the FBI came out with the, the information that this was actually planned long before Trump's speech. And at that point, they waited until after the impeachment vote. And the whole premise of the impeachment vote was that Trump incited it with that speech, right? And that's not at all what happened. Of course, if you listen to the speech, you go through it. He he called for a constitutional peaceful assembly, which is, again, not inciting any violence. And people were angry and they got violent as a result. And some of those people were bird doggers, not all of them. Like I said before, you can't excuse everybody in the mob, even if there was a, a BLM or an Antifa activist that might have motivated some of them to participate. Because there were others who were Trump supporters who participated in it. You have You can't just throw away all blame on all of this but the all the other reality is that there were black lives matter and antifa activists who were there instigating some of the the stuff that we saw at the capitol that is a demonstrable fact they have arrest records they're they've been identified that is a very real thing so you've got people on on the left and people on the right who participated in what happened at the capitol on the 6th but the reality is the FBI waited until the day after the flipping House vote to come out and tell you, oh, by the way, this, this was pre-planned a long time ago. So the entire premise of the impeachment vote went up in smoke. But the FBI waited, right? Convenient. And now, of course, we find out that the first 15 people who are arrested for what happened at the Capitol don't even have parlor accounts. They organized on YouTube and Facebook primarily, but also on Twitter. And so YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter should all be pulled off of the app stores. And I know that's not going to happen. And then kicked off of the internet, right? Nobody's nobody's calling for any of that. Growing evidence of advanced planning and coordination of the January 6th storming of the Capitol undermines claims that the rioters are responding spontaneously to former President Trump's speech to supporters about a mile and a half away, according to legal and intel intelligence experts. Again, this is... This is blatant common sense at this point. A Senate, uh, as Senate Democrats mull their options for convicting or censuring Trump and banning him from the future public office or allegedly inciting for allegedly inciting insurrection, which, of course, is not insurrection. Experts said their incitement case against him was dealt a severe blow this week when federal prosecutors charged three men in the Capitol attack, which we covered, excuse me, earlier this week, alleging their communications and coordination dated back to November. So they're planning on doing this back in November. For speech to meet the threshold of incitement, a speaker must first indicate a desire for violence. Trump didn't. And second, demonstrate a capability or reasonable indication of capability to carry out the violence, according to Kevin Brock, a former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI. Trump did neither of those. And in fact, Brock said in Trump's case, there were neither. In an interview Wednesday, Brock told Just the News he listened to Trump's entire January 6th speech. I didn't hear a single word about or anything that would trigger a reasonable person 
to believe that he was inciting violence, he said. He even used the words peaceful and respectful. Bingo! Now, I just want to go back, because I was tagged in a post on Facebook after we were covering this one day on the show, and I'm routinely getting messages from you. In fact, I got one this, just this week. I'm routinely getting messages from all of you that you know people who are claiming that I supported what happened at the Capitol. Now, I'll get to that in just a minute, but let's let's go back to when, you know, shortly after I was covering this one day, and, and I don't remember how far back it was, but somebody tagged me in a Facebook post. Now, usually, I don't pay much attention to that. I get tagged in posts all day, okay? I don't really pay attention. For some reason, I had a minute, I did, I looked at it, and what was happening is... Um, they were there was something going on where somebody was doing something and i think they were responding to the potential upcoming impeachment vote and they were critical of it and then somebody commented underneath them and said i'm sorry but your president incited this this uh violence and and everything else and then they had commented below that no he didn't uh you know it's he didn't incite anything that sort of stuff and then that person said and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but some of this is verbatim that person then wrote, yes, he did. I heard him do it, or I saw him do it. One of the two. Now, that what that says is this person who wants to blame Trump for what happened at the Capitol on January 6th, in their head, they actually saw the president tell people to get violent and breach the Capitol. Now, I started typing, and Casey's just back away. You're dealing with clearly somebody who is deranged, possibly has mental illness. So just back away. And I deleted it, and I left the page. And I came back. And I wrote a whole thing, including a fact check, which debunked everything she said, done by a credible fact checker that's even certified by Facebook, okay? Threw it all in there. And at this point, I'm like, you did not hear him say this. You didn't hear him say it because it didn't happen. And then I started chastising her and proverbially everybody else. Stop lying about people. Stop making things up. There's plenty to be upset about normally. This goes back to what we were talking about with the Bush administration. There were so many lies about George W. Bush. And it didn't make any sense because there's plenty of things to legitimately be upset about. You're wasting your time, wasting your energy on these fake things, and you're also not drawing attention to very real concerns. You're doing everybody a disservice. It doesn't make any sense. And as we've highlighted countless times on this show, the treatment that Trump got no different than what they did to Bush. It's the same exact thing. The only difference is Bush never once pushed back. Kept his mouth shut. You know, Rush Limbaugh says he just had... Uh, a high regard for the office and felt it was beneath the office to uh, engage in that sort of thing. And most conservatives and Republicans thought it was a huge mistake because his presidency suffered as a result of not addressing the lies that were per uh, perpetuated about him. Well, along comes Trump. Oh, you're going to lie about me? I don't think so, you fathead. Oh, he punches back. This is great. This is fantastic. So you've, you've got... People who are telling themselves, and I know there's psychological terms for this, they're telling themselves they saw or heard something that didn't happen. Kevin Hart, who has avoided politics his entire career, and I've always been very grateful for that, 
weighed in on an issue with Trump. Like one time he weighed in on it. And again, he was super upset. He wrote this whole thing on Twitter about something that never happened. Never happened. It was complete myth. And that has really been kind of what the media has been all about over the past four and a half years. Saying things about Trump that weren't just taken out of context didn't even happen. And I've had a lot of you reach out to me over the past week. And I've had some emails, and we read one of them and made fun of the person who wrote me the email because grotesquely stupid email that I got. But a lot of you have told me that you have friends and family who think that I supported what happened at the Capitol when I condemned it live on the air as it was happening and every day since. (laughs) People hear what they want to hear. Remember, about 95, 96%, maybe up to 98% of all of the hate that I get are people mad at me for things that I never did. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So coming up at 4 o'clock, before we do open lines, I know we usually do open lines at 4, but we've got a very special guest. We're going to have the Breitbart News Finance and Economics Editor, John Carney, is going to join us. He's going to explain everything that's happening with Wall Street, Reddit, Elon Musk, GameStop, AMC, this whole battle, hedge funds, He's going to explain all of that for you. So we're going to we're going to talk with John Carney from Breitbart here at 4 o'clock. And then we'll open up the phone lines and go into open lines that way, okay? So just a little bit of a delay, but totally worth it. And speaking of, we're just talking about, you know, some of the stuff that's been happening to me on, on social media and things of that nature here lately. And you're starting to run into some other stuff too. Like one of the most likable human beings is Mike Rowe. And Mike Rowe has the audacity of not being a rabid, crazy person. And he tries to stay relatively politically neutral, as in he doesn't talk specifically about candidates and parties all that much. But there are things philosophically that he obviously aligns with. And he aligns with blue collar workers. You know, the whole dirty jobs thing was something that was born out of a passion of his. And he's really developed a relationship with people who who do those kinds of blue collar jobs and and make lots of money. And he's got scholarships that he has set up. And and again, all of this stuff is designed to help people find good paying work that is going to be stable. And you're able to be in those industries for long, long periods of time. College isn't for everybody. You know, frankly, we're getting to the point where college is less and less important because the, the fields that you actually need a college degree in in order to be successful in those fields, very few. So a lot of people are going to college. Most people are going to college. They're getting meaningless degrees that really don't do much. Now, again, I'm not saying having an education is meaningless. I'm just talking about what college is doing in terms of your income and that sort of thing. It's becoming less and less important. We've gone over the uh, the weight, the lifetime earnings of this before where you know, what they'll tell you is, oh, you know, on average, you'll make uh, this much more if you have a college degree. I'm like, yeah, but on average, you start working six years earlier. And then all of a sudden, the extra earnings that you made with a college degree on average, which again, are dwindling, um, you, you don't have that anymore. Some people are making way more money never going to college. And it just depends on what you're going to study and what you're planning on doing. So Micro has a show on Facebook because Facebook, like everybody else, decided they're going to start 
producing shows. And so they actually have a production company. They have their own unique content that is exclusive just to Facebook. And Mike Rowe had one of those shows. Now, he had a show called Returning the Favor. And this is a Facebook watch series. So basically what it is is uh, Mike Rowe, who everybody loves, travels across America in search of, quote, remarkable people making a difference in their communities. A wonderfully positive statement, right? So basically, instead of dirty jobs with him traveling around and talking to people at these, you know, pretty crazy, dirty jobs, what he does is he travels now and he finds people who are making a difference. People are helping their fellow their fellow human being, people who are making the world a better place. That's what Mike Rowe is doing right now. What an amazingly positive thing to show to everybody. Well, uh, he posted, I received a phone call yesterday from Facebook telling me that returning the favor would not be back for another season. Obviously, I was surprised. Returning the favor has been very successful, and the feedback from everyone has been extraordinarily good. From the first favor return to the hundredth, in fact, it's the only program I ever worked on that never received a single negative review or one critical comment. In that way, it was truly unexampled. Now, again, nobody seems to understand why this happened. Because the show is hugely popular. So everybody's trying to figure out, what? What's going on here? Uh, Facebook on Wednesday did not reply to the blaze regarding the returning the favor being canceled. But Rose seemed quite grateful for the social media giant's involvement. He thanked Facebook, which, you know, that's, that's what you do. Uh, no network would have given me this much latitude to make such an honest show or invest so generously in a 22-minute online program. Uh, with their help, we gave away over $5 million to people trying to make their communities a better place. It's great. It's, it's great. Um, but again, it, it, a lot of people are looking at this and they're going, okay, this thing is extremely popular. This thing gets tons of views. Why is it being canceled? And a lot of people have speculation about that. Now, to be fair, we do not have any official anything. But Micro does occasionally, in in his personal profile, he writes some things that, well, they tick off a lot of a lot of the the crazies, and you know he's not really trying to, but it's just the mere fact that he's not a crazy leftist radical that that you know makes people just so incensed about it. So everybody's trying to figure this out, but I also want to point out that we do not know exactly why it was canceled. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. This kind of this echoes the Last Man Standing fiasco where it's an extremely popular show, does very good in the ratings, and all of a sudden the the plug is pulled. And, you know, that leads to people speculating that maybe this has to do with Tim Allen being a Republican. Now, Tim Allen himself has said that he didn't think that that's why it happened, but he didn't know the reason, and nobody would really tell him the reason. But it's a ratings hit. Micro Show appears to be a ratings hit. Um, you know, you're making money. You know, what's what's going on? Now, again, in media, sometimes you just get some new executive dork out there. He's like, I got to shake things up. This is one of the things that happens in, in radio, especially. Some new program director comes in. You know, the, the old program director is fired for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't make enough revenue. Maybe there's a ratings issue. Maybe there's a personnel issue. Maybe they moved on to a different project, whatever. They bring somebody in. And one of the things that happens with executives and media is that they have to make their presence felt. And so one of the things that they will frequently do, I don't know if this is taught in like some corporate, uh, corporate goon class somewhere or something, I don't know. But one of the ways that they make themselves 
known to the companies that come in. They just start firing people. And oftentimes, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just one of those ways of, I'm going to get people's production up. I'll fire a couple of people, and everybody else will start buckling down. And really what it does is creates a negative culture in the business. But it's one of those things that is extremely common in, in radio and television. And uh, I don't know if that's what happened with Facebook. I've got no clue. But, you know, sometimes that just it just happens. Sometimes they just decide... You know what? We're uh, we're not going to do positive stuff anymore. We don't like positive stuff. We're just going to go all negative all the time. Or uh, we're going to have some girl not wearing much dancing uh, with putting her butt in front of your face or something of that nature. So we don't have any definitive reasons why it got canceled. The problem is that it's an extremely popular show. And from what I understand, it's one of Facebook's better performers, and it's gone. And nobody really knows why. <laughs> so that's leading to speculation. So as soon as we learn something, we'll pass it on to all of you. we got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Coming up in just a few minutes before we start open lines, we're going to have Breitbart News Finance and Economics Editor John Carney. He's going to be joining us. Talking about all of the little retail investors versus the big hedge funds. So he's going to kind of explain what I can't really explain to all of you. I've done my best, but I, you know this isn't my wheelhouse. So uh, we're going to have John Carney on from Breitbart to kind of explain what's been going on. Uh, yes, Biden did. A couple of people asked me about this. Biden did, in fact, reopen the online health insurance marketplaces through an executive order. Um, this is not the individual mandate, okay? But he has opened the the marketplaces, and the marketplaces. Here's the thing: I mean, they're just getting ramped down, so it's there's not going to be a major change. You're not going to see a, a huge change in all of this. I would also like to remind everybody that Obamacare got cheaper under Trump. Trump was better at Obamacare than Obama was. So, you know, this is something that is constantly ignored here. But the rates for Obamacare exchange plans actually came down consistently throughout Trump's presidency. So just, you know, always remember that. Anybody kind of puffs this up, just, you know, gently remind them that. we got to remind them of a couple of things. One, Joe Biden killed the executive order that was designed to reduce the price of insulin and other drugs. Biden killed that, and Trump was better at Obamacare than even Obama was. Uh, so again, uh, Thursday, Biden signed the executive order reopening online health insurance marketplaces, allowing people to sign up in, in several weeks. Healthcare.gov will open for a special enrollment period from February 15th through May, uh, May 15th, uh, giving Americans who don't have insurance a chance to obtain some. The open enrollment period for 2021 has already elapsed, if you didn't know that. Uh, people in the in the states and the marketplaces served by healthcare.gov platforms will be able to enroll in health coverage. The Department of Health and Human Services clarified in a statement: enrollment can be done through the website, the marketplace call center, and through direct enrollment channels. So basically, what this is is all of those people who didn't sign up for insurance when they were supposed to at the end of last year, we're going to open it up for a short period of time this year, so that way you can go back and you can you can get your your insurance if you chose not to do it for whatever. All right, so we have John Carney from Breitbart. He's going to come up here in just a couple of minutes, and then we'll open the phone lines up for open lines.